Hello, party people! This is Comfort Food Comics, the podcast. As always, this is your boy, Dave Shevlin. Along with me, my man, Danny Mofizi. Uh, If you've never listened to the show before, uh, the premise is I have read too many comics and I have too many opinions and I have been in the game too long. A true old head. And Danny is a newcomer, basically, to the whole comic gang. In each episode, we select some stories to read, discuss, and eventually we rank them, each of us giving a score out of 50. And the cumulative score out of 100 gets ranked on our big master list, which is always stickied at comfortfoodcomics.com. Danny, Danny, how are you? Doing good, Dave. Excited about phase two here of uh, year two. Comfort Food Comics. That's right. We're on year two. We're on episode 51 here. You know, we've really reached a, a point. We've we've reached a tipping point. We're still going strong, and it's going well. It's going yeah. well. I cracked out some uh, Lambrusco to celebrate the uh, the turn of the the year, the turn of the calendar. I uh, couldn't tell you what the hell Zambrusco is. Lambrusco. It's probably it's really some shit. bullshit. It's cheap. At, like, so, I don't know if you recall, I've been drinking through, you know, all of the crap alcohol and liquor Terrible we have holiday seltzers, um yes. so i've gone through the holiday seltzers the beer Gross. um i drank through my clear liquors which i enjoy um, my vodkas my titos gluten-free mm. i'm not gluten-free but it's good um right, so right, now i'm right. on to just the weird bottles of wine we have and i have a nice uh, a beautiful vintage reunite brand um which you know is the finest of classic italian <laughs> wines and lambrusco is essentially um well this is a white lambrusco so it's more or less a like grapier rosé that you serve chilled uh, uh, sure all right that's mm-hmm. what you're slamming back right now you don't slam the brusco you sip, you sip you the lambrusco okay. i grew up okay. on this stuff dave because my grandfather every <laughs> holiday every party everything he had like the jugs with the little hand, it'd be like the finger hole of course, handle, of course, I like know. the single finger hole. Like right. that's how they came. Like Hell you get it, yeah. you'd get like a fucking gallon of it for like eight bucks. It was cheap. It's cheap as shit. Good um, shit. Like a so this would be, song. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd, uh, you know, us cousins, we would, you know, get little sips of it and um, cut it with Sprite because then you could kind of look mm-hmm. like, you know, you kind of do that growing up. So. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know when I bought this, how long it's been here. <laughs> I had to use a butter knife to get the cap off of it because it was so stuck on. See, it's probably been here a bit. Yeah, so um, it's good. I mean, maybe it's fine fermented wine. a little longer and I'm a fine little too. Fine ages, you yeah. know. <laughs> like a fine one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we're sipping on. What are you sipping on over there? Uh, you know, I'm still on my Canada dries. I got my blackberry ginger ale mixed with some vodka, so I'm I'm slugging that back. What kind of vodka are you putting in there? Uh, I don't know the brand name. Uh, it's some Iceland vodka. Mm. Who can tell you? Who can tell you? You know, I could Google it. Rika, Rika vodka, uh, distilled and bottled in Iceland using the volcanic rocks of Reykjavik. Ooh. Uh. I enjoy it. I've had it for the past couple of years. It's a good vodka, so that's usually what I'm drinking. Nice, nice. You know it. You know it. Uh, Look at us both sipping the the finest of beverages this evening. Finest of fine, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Life's good. Life's good. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yes, it's an exciting episode. I'm very excited about this one. This is a really fun one for me. We are going to be talking about and ranking Young Avengers Volume 1, 1 through 6, the debut of the team. Uh, off the bat, I just want to know, have you ever heard of him? Nope. Any context for him? Zero context. Okay. Okay. I came in fresh. Went to that Marvel app. Had to search it. Couple series, I didn't know anything about it, you know. So it was like, <laughs> was never in this corner of the uh, Marvel universe before. So this, um, this so lay it all on me. Give me all the context. This is a really personal one for me. Okay. Um, this was a this is 2005 series, so this was big deal shit at the time. Oh um, five, let me take you back. Okay, like My Chemical Romance. Sure, um, sure. You know the OC the basically showed up in I believe 04. So like. The OC started, and then this also debuted and stuff. And the reason I bring up the OC is because the writer of this, the creator of the Young Avengers, is Alan Heinberg. Um, and he is a TV screenwriter and producer who also became a comic book writer. Um, he has written for, like, Party of Five. He wrote for Sex and the City. He wrote for Gilmore Girls. But his big breakout hit, was the OC, which he helped create. Um, that was like, Josh Schwartz is like the main creator of it, but Alan Heiberg is like one of the main writers for season one of the beginning of it. Okay. So for him, it was like, you know, he he's an openly gay man. So like for him, it was a big deal. He was a big up and coming star in the industry because of the OC. And he ended up doing um, Grey's Anatomy, where he was a producer on Grey's Anatomy, uh, I believe, when that started. Damn, so, this guy is just a hit machine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, he He's done a bunch of little stuff like that. But basically, at the time, you know, he was a big deal thing. It was like the OC, Alan Heinberg, the writer from the OC, is coming over to comics. Uh, and he was a gay man writing comics in basically when comics were allowing that to actually happen in a like actual way so i remember young avengers was big like really hyped up really big deal this is right around the era uh almost simultaneously if i remember correctly when brian bendis's new avengers had come out uh so brian bendis had done avengers disassembled which pretty much destroyed the team and disbanded the team um, and then right after that is when Young Avengers debuts. So like it's right around that era in Marvel where uh, Brian Bendis is taking over the main books and basically shaping the line of the Marvel Universe for the next, Jesus, next 15 years or so. Um, so Heinberg comes on around the same time. And, and, you know, there were so many series debuting and shit going on that basically like if you were paying attention to Marvel, it was Brian Bendis's New Avengers or the Ultimate Universe or this new hit, Young Avengers, that people just like clamored for at the time. Um, really? Yes. Yeah. It, it made a real big hit, especially because it was, you know, it was interesting. It was debuting new characters and like Marvel never really does a huge thing with like new teams especially like teen teams like i i would think the main one since this one would have been like 1990 with the new warriors or so um so 
it, it was a big deal. I, and I know it had a huge push behind it. You know, it was like TV writer Alan Heinberg is debuting a new team. So like they really went hard pushing this uh, and it worked. The hype machine definitely worked. And I remember coming upon this. It would have been 2005. Um, I wasn't here for the beginning of this debuting it would have been i came in back into comics around like 2004 as i've said and it was right around like the time bendis was taken back over and it was like oh i gotta get into these books but i can remember sitting down when like the only place you could get info for like comics was wikipedia and it was still the early days of wikipedia then so like some comic fans would go on there and just write almost every issue would get a summary for some <laughs> shit. So like you sit on Wikipedia before they like really got in there and they're like, okay, we need to cut this down. And there would be such long detailed, like recaps of what was going on. So like I'm reading wizard magazine, hearing about young Avengers being a big hit. And I'm reading like the Wikipedia articles talking about, which we'll get to Kang the conqueror and all this stuff with like what the young Avengers are because the first arc had just finished. And I remember being like, man, that sounds so fucking cool. Like, I got to get this book. This is so amazing. And I can remember after reading that Wikipedia, going upstairs and turning on the TV or the TV was on. And I believe it was the eighth episode of the OC. It's when they come back from their summer break and they start school again in the first season. And uh or something around there one of that for some reason that was on the television at the time it might not have been live but it was it was right around that same time and man i just hopped right into that too so like it was a whole thing you know it was a whole goddamn thing of i might be messing up my timelines here and i might not know what the fuck i'm talking about but for some reason the oc was really in my head and you know i loved the oc almost from and the nerdy jump. seth you were just like clamoring about right. it right <laughs> he's just like me exactly he's just like me man he's just like me so my current know. wife count my current wife my wife colleen you know she fucking has the biggest crush on seth it's so funny that you you bring up the oc uh, all the time and so i'm such a like teenage thing for him it's so funny sorry i'm uh I'm looking at it now and it seems like I'm wrong uh, with the dates here. So I must have just be remembering it wrong in my head. Um, but <gasps> Admitting you don't remember something in the correct yeah, order? Yeah, man, I got this shit fucked <gasps> up in my head. I don't know where I came from. Oh my gosh, <laughs> new year, new Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's it, usually I remember shit real good, but I must have had this one fucked up. I must have been reading about like X-Men on wikipedia and came upstairs and been like oh they have season is there an expert comic on his bed (laughs) right right um but i do remember being interested in young avengers because of the oc and at the time in high school i was really in love with the oc so like young avengers came out in 2005 and i ended up scooping up the first trade paperback of this content that we're going to talk about here one through six um and I remember really falling in love with it. I just loved it from the bat. You know, I was a 16. I would have been 16 at the time, I think. 15 or 16 at the time. So almost the same age as these kids. Uh, totally new into the Marvel Universe from from not reading it for so long or only reading some Spider-Man stuff. 
uh, coming in with the Bendis material as well as this just about the same time. And it was just like smooth sailing. Like, get me into the Marvel U. I'm so into this shit. Like, I gobbled that shit up. Um, so this team really, really, really meant a lot to me. Um, and they were a very big deal for Marvel at the time. Like, people were hyped. They really wanted to include them in their, like, ongoing line. But just for context, they had Alan Heinberg write the first series. And then he eventually did a volume two. But there were a ton of delays with him coming because of, you know, his TV work schedule. Um, and they were, like, the the biggest, like, hypest shit. But he pretty much had them on lockdown to be like, when I come back, I will write their story. Um, so they rarely appeared in anything else um they had like a spotlight series where it was basically like inconsequential like side stories written by other people um and eventually they had like tie-in events and little things here or there but they never really had a big impact beyond like their first couple stories um is that rare i i I it I'm surprised rare. that they it gave like a not like you know just kind of the guy that did his first thing like that much leash so to speak to be like mm-hmm. okay we'll let you we'll do this it, on your time it really was the era of marvel when they were trying to turn it around they were coming back from bankruptcy and they were trying to give these like basically indie creators like bendis um as well as like the big names like mark miller like the reigns to go and definitely they tried to get a lot of people like this that were from tv to come write stuff um and Heinberg just really worked out for him. Really just, I think for them, checked all the boxes. It tied in with everything they were doing with Avengers. It brought in new characters they could use. Um, he's an openly gay man introducing more gay characters in. So, like, there were so many things that they could push and say, like, look at this. Um, and I, as well as tons of people, were into it. But the problem with the Young Avengers was that for years, no true development really happened with them. And, like, they weren't being used. So it was, like, there was such a huge momentum behind them that just sort of crapped out. And I was so much a Young Avengers fan that, like, I would read anything, like, even if they were rumored to be in it or just in, like, a panel or something. and be like, oh, my God, the Young Avengers are going to be in this. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. And I would, I bought all the dumb shit, all the bad series, everything about them. Um, some of my favorite characters at the time. So when I read this as a teen, this shit really hit for me and I was really excited about it. Um, but I haven't read it since. Uh, most Young Avengers material I have not read since I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old guy reading the comics. Um, so I was in- intensely interested to come back and see like, does this shit hold up? How do I feel about it now as an adult, as well as hearing your uh, viewpoints about them? Um, so let's let's dive in, my man. How did yeah. you feel about the debut here in issue one? Now we should say, Alan Heinberg is the writer. Jim Chung, Jimmy Chung, uh, is the co-creator on pencils. He helped co-create them. Uh, he did some stuff in uh for marvel as well as um uh what was malibu i believe he was on malibu comics as well he did some force work stuff and he did some x-force stuff but he was never like a huge name but with this it it sort of shot him into like superstardom uh i really really enjoy his art 
throughout this, but I think we're going to critique it here or there because he has a hard case of same face. <laughs> uh, John Dell is the inker for him. Justin Ponzer is doing colors and Corey Pettit is doing letters. Um, I think one of the things I really, really enjoy about this is Justin Ponzer's colors as well as John Dell's inks on this. Um, I feel like you can just feel them throughout the art. Uh, but give me your thoughts. It is really, it is vibrant art. You know, this is something, um, I, sh- I don't want to say I struggled with this, but it was, I was conflicted on this cause I was enjoying it as I was going through it. But as a 2021 reader to this and kind of where we go, like everything and all the stories that have come out, this felt very derivative to me of a time. Uh, well, not necessarily of a time, but like of a, a, of a character set I'm reading this. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of the, what I read, what we read, the image, the invisibles or, uh, invincible um and that team and i'm like i'm kind of getting vibes of that here but it's like well that came after this so like we really got to say this is like the the four the you know the grandfather to it um so it was tough for me to kind of do this because i enjoyed it but at times i felt like it was very much like i knew where this was going in a lot of ways at least um i could kind of had a good guess of where things were heading beyond the wild wacky turn of um you know in the back three issues or so with uh Iron Lad and everything that was kind of came out of left field, but right. Um, it was something I, I I thought it was a really fun series to to read though. I, it was a, it was a good kind of easy read, and I, I guess that that can kind of sound mean. Just call no, it easy no. Read, I agree with you. It it's very much an easy read, and I feel like you can tell that Heinberg writes for TV because he is writing. You know, not so much. I feel like the Rodney Barnes writing Philadelphia where it's like, I want this to be made in a show. Yeah. He's basically a TV writer that knows how to set up a scene transitions. Uh, the pacing is very, mm-hmm. very good. Um, the cuts are really good as well as the dialogue. I was shocked. Um, the pace of it and, and how it's done holds up so much better than I thought it would. And it's almost like Bendis done well. Yes. <laughs> It is. It's that snappy banter, but like it isn't. It doesn't make you cringe. It doesn't. It make doesn't you groan. make you cringe. And it's you know you can't feel the like forty something old Jewish man like purposely being like, yeah, I'll make these girls say sassy things back and forth. You know, which you mm-hmm. feel with Bendis, where it's like yeah. this will be funny, and it's like great. You're literally the only one that's thinking that. I feel like in this, there's a lot of that, but there were never any times where I was just like, ugh. Right, yeah, I feel like the the teens f- f- talk and sound and feel like teens. The adults feel like adults. The you know the characters feel separate and unique versus like we're here to say bombastic you know shit that really doesn't have any tie to the character or the person. You know, like right, right, um, and it's not the Bendis yeah. thing of like a kid says you know tukis or tushy, and, yeah, and like also Spider Man does. You know, it's like. There's an authenticity to each voice. Yeah. Voice. Yes. Which I think that that was something that really stuck out to me and enjoyed it. Even if I felt like, oh, it's the teen. This is the, you know, the headstrong leader. This is. The, sure. There's uh, definitely know. some stereotypes of. of right. Yeah. Uh, this is the fun one. You know, like those archetypes are there. And that's what I meant. I guess that's the best way to describe what I was referring to earlier, where it's like, ah, I kind of felt like I'd seen this before, but like it was still good. It was still like, it's like those, the, like your favorite sandwich meats all put together you know you do it in a different <laughs> sure, order and you're sure. like hey these are 
this is a good sandwich is different. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying this, but it's like, I've had these meats. I know what these meats taste like, but I put them <laughs> in this combination and it's really, it's really tasty. You know, that's a terrible analogy, but no, no, I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, it's, it is that way, you know, and I agree that like for a lot of it, it's not, you know, this isn't a groundbreaking new team. It's, it's definitely the comic teen team. Uh, but I feel like there's enough freshness in here as well as the exciting and mysterious ties of like subverting your expectations slightly. It's not like a huge deal where it's like, Oh, that's who they are. But I do love the misdirect of like, you know, it starts off with them with J Jonah Jameson and Jessica Jones and in, in uh, Cat Farrell, people who worked at the daily bugle at that time, Jessica Jones, you know, I didn't realize she worked at the daily bugle. She did for a time. This is this is all during this time after Ben just created her and like inserted her into the Marvel universe. So like at the time she was working at the Bugle, um, these are a lot of supporting characters that showed up uh, in comics around that time. So it's interesting how they also start without like knowing them, but from the viewpoint of these reporters are trying to get information about them as they've mysteriously sprung on the scene. Um, and I love how much you're supposed to think like, oh, this person's Thor, this person's Iron Man, this person's Hulk, this person's Captain America, you know. Um, but they very quickly upend that as you start going along. Um, what did you think of the first issue here with Jessica Jones trying to like, you know, track them down and figure out what their deal is? But also Captain America and Iron Man are also being like, who the fuck are these kids? <laughs> I thought it was it was fun. It was a good intro. It like I think it comes back to this is a great setup. It's like it's paced so well to like pull you into this story and the mystery. You know, it feels like that that pilot episode, like the you know the backdoor pilot where we're we have people we know, but like we're getting the taste of something else, and we're going to well, talk about it. Yeah. You don't get any dialogue from them until halfway through. You mm-hmm. know, so I agree with you that like and, yeah. And this issue is an absolute banger for the large uh, page image of Iron Man holding (laughs) Holding Captain America (laughs) by the waist uh, as he flies him in to pick up Jessica Jones. The way that he is tenderly holding. Queer icons, Tony Stark and Captain America (laughs) descending in after kissing for a bit. Yeah, it's definitely what that scene looks like for real. It's it was great. It was so like I was. It made me laugh, like the way it was done. But then, like it also like fit because then he carries the both of them off like that. You know, right? Like he picks Jessica Jones up and does her. Like that, he's got them both, you know, in his arms, like little children. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, very funny. just cradling him in the, in the arms. It's very funny. Uh, one of the things that I think I really endeared me to Chung's art is um, Cap's costume. Fantastic! It's he so really does a good Cap costume. It's so good. I would have loved him to do a Captain America book at some point, but yeah, never. Yeah, he that. gets it, and the way that he like the like kind of like I don't know what they're described as on his shoulders, like the feathers or like little bits of like his the fish scale or the whatever. fish scale. Yeah, and the 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 star, everything looked great. The boots, the swashbuckler boots. Yeah. Um, my only bone to pick with these two because I love how they're crotchety old men. I love that. Right. And this is and and I have to say, like, this is the era where they're basically like coming back as the new Avengers. But at this point in time, they're very much the like, you know, the Avengers don't exist. Like (laughs) the old guard is done. (laughs) 
<laughs> As everybody's in their gear 24 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it's still happening. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but my only real bone to pick, I love like the the positive is I love that they're crotchety old men that like, you know, these kids can't be having it. What if they get hurt? Oh, no. Like, mm-hmm. um, I love that. But I hate the way that to- uh, Iron Man's lettering's done. It's like illegible uh, at points to me. Yeah. The way that they do it great. here. You're right. Um, it was very, very difficult for me to to read it. And like I, I found it, it distracting at times where. It's like, I know you're doing this computer robot voice kind of cyborg. I don't know what the hell you're right. Why, I don't know right, why yeah. Tony Stark talks like that. Cause I don't why think we I, need to do that. Yeah. But, um, I found the lettering, the, the, the typeface that they used. It was just like, or that they chose to, to write in was very, very distracting for him. That's totally fair. Especially like against the lettering of everyone else that's mm-hmm. done. I feel like so well, like how you want a comic lettering to. Look. Yes, yeah. Everything else is great. The emphasis, you know, where they darken words, like just so you really feel and can can hear the dialogue in your voice and give those right. characters voice. But for Tony, it was just like, why? Yeah, is it's, he, it's just dumb. It's one why of is it this like block all lettering yeah. bullshit things? You know. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that, and he doesn't pop up a ton. You know, he's 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 heavy sure. in this first issue, and then we have him pop up a little bit later again. Um, there may maybe an issue three or four, uh, but. When he did pop up, I was just like straining to read it. Like, what is this? What's he fucking saying? Like, yeah, it's it's a little rough there. Does that say our? Does that say your? Like, is that, like <laughs> I hear like, you. I hear you. <laughs> so yeah, after that, uh, it ends up there's a a church and there there's some gunmen holding up a wedding and you know there's a spunky girl there that doesn't care for it so much but this is where we're first introduced to speaking dialogue of our team blasting in to try to help um how did you feel about this whole sequence here of them showing up and your introduction to them who do you like Um, how do you feel about each member i was very confused until they got there because i was because i think you spoke to it earlier with the same face going on (laughs) sure where i was getting lost of like is Jessica Jones a bridesmaid right now? Like, cause they almost, <laughs> like, she's outside the church, but then we cut to the inside to a girl we haven't met. And it's like, okay, her hair is different, but her face is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if there's, you know, I think that Chung is, is a really great artist and I feel like he's really elevated here by his inks and colors for sure. But the same face is hard. He always has a problem, the same face. And he always has a problem of like, if someone's smaller or in the background, he just gives them like dots and a smile, <laughs> which like it's funny sometimes, but then the rest of the time it's like, no dude, you're doing it in almost like every panel. Like it almost feels like a shortcut sometimes. Yeah. Like there's in the middle of this first intro page where we cut to the church, which is great paste, you know, like we, we leave, you know, it's the sun setting. You get the whole timing of it. Okay. It's that the sun has gone down. It's nighttime. Like, We've moved on, but in the middle, there's like, is it, it splits it into what, like five horizontal panels, and yeah. the middle one, they're like straight up like paper dolls, like the people. Yeah, there's yep. no, they, they don't draw a single face on on anybody. Yeah, and he does that even to this day, um, and the faces, even the same face, is still going on. Like it's, he's refined his style a bit, but it's still very much the same, and it sucks because you know he does everything else so well mm-hmm. um, once we get to the team it's like details, shit. Yeah. yeah like every small little line on all of their costumes and everything like that it's incredibly good um really that's all you can ever say about him is he sucks at bases he does everything else great 
<laughs> <laughs> but once we get to the team here, all right, that's where you asked me. Yes, like, what do you how think did you team? feel about the team? Visually, I loved it. It was so cool <laughs> to see them come down. Um, you know, and especially at this point where they're all set up as young Thor, young Iron Man, young Hulk, young right. Cap. Like, it's all just like, oh, man, this is cool. It's like, it just felt good. And it's like, damn, how'd this guy get Tony Stark's armor? Like, where, where's this <laughs> Right. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, you just, you're, you're into it and you feel it. And the designs really work here um, for them. And then right away, you start to get the personalities. Like, they're doing so much characterization in that first splash page of them smashing through the glass. Like, you get that, you know. The, I, the Iron, pick, Iron it, Land is like the Cyclops right off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the stern Leonardo. Yeah, uh, you know, Patriot is the, you know, headstrong. I'm going to, I know what's right. I'm going to do it. You know, he's, uh, what's his name? Raph. Right, and, right. I mean, really, right here, you've got the Turtles dynamic. Mm-hmm. Down to a T. You got Leonardo. Uh, what's the, Asgardian would be uh, Donatello. And then you got, right, right. you got Mikey, Mikey right there. Mikey is, the is Hulkling. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah, right there. I didn't even put that together, but yeah, they they pretty much are. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Smash with the Avengers gives you young. Well, and again, like we were saying earlier, our our criticism with it is the it's the archetypes, but I feel like they do enough of a difference for um, honestly, and it's why the characters have persevered so well. Um, Hulkling and Asgardian, who we pretty much see from the start there's something going on here slight flirting did you pick up on the flirting no <laughs> i missed that i was very because they they are uh gay characters that end up together oh, um, cool. and so when they're fighting here and like he's like hulkling behind you i got him you certainly did yeah thanks to you no thanks to you guys and like I do feel like, like oh, yeah, if you yeah. didn't notice it, it's I always remember them as being like in my head. I'm sitting here like, oh, yeah, uh, Hulkling and his guardian totally together, you know, probably making out on page, you know, proud <laughs> out people. And I came back to this and it's like, oh, no, it is super subtle uh, in a way where like if you're reading it as a gay man, like you'll instantly see it. And, but I feel like maybe upon a reread, you'll start to notice a little bit more. I mean, obviously, they start to um, almost blatantly say it at the end. But in the beginning here, it's it's the, like, flirting between each other. Yeah, I mean, you calling out that panel, I, I see it now. I guess I always, I, like, those two seemed, I, I was pairing them up, like, in ideology. Because, like, they're the ones that were, like, got, like, they're just annoyed like, with Iron yeah, Lad and with yeah. Patriot. Like, and they seem to have the same you know, perspective and mindset on what the whole point of their crew was to was. So like they definitely paired off in that sense, but I didn't put it as a romantic relationship in my head, but I guess I can, yeah, I can see that now. And I, if that's where they go, it's, that's cool. Right. And, and we'll get to more of it later where they start to make it more blatant towards the end, but they're definitely trying to give you, you know, the subtle, like you said, we learned so much about all of them right from the start that obviously they're paired up. Even if you don't pick up on the, the, queer subtext of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but yeah you see everybody hop into action and do what they can but we're also introduced to kate bishop who's this girl like nah i'm gonna help these guys out but it doesn't really work out she sort of helps and they end up saving the day 
uh, and it's a big media event before they hop out of here. But I really, really do love it because they're like, especially as Guardian and Hulkling are just like super sweet, super nice people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really like, I remember reading it the first time and being like, these, like I loved how little the two of them had like a snarky attitude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, who, who do you like on the team here for starting off? Um, well, I think you, I'm endeared to as guardian and, and Hulkling right off the bat. Right. Um, in this, their, their first interactions, just cause Iron Lad seems like such a dork and like Patriot. <laughs> I just, I can't stand like Patriot is the type of person. I don't like in like real life, you know, that right, like hockey, right. you know, headstrong, like doesn't think or like even isn't even open to the concept that maybe they're not going about something the right way. Right. Um, and it's, it's the type of person that like you could be friends with if they ever stopped and, and put down the wall for a second. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. So like I, he was like kind of on my list is like, Oh God, this fucking guy, cause he blows. Like, <laughs> Yeah. They really play up the like, you know, angry young man, uh, like lashing out at everybody. Like I'm going to be the leader, not iron lad. And it, it really is, you know, that, that contentious, like, Wolverine wildcard versus the Cyclops Boy Scout. And it does get old very quickly because, you know, he's constantly telling them, like, we should have done this. We would have done that. For me, the the best thing is Iron Lad and him start going off and in the background, Asgardian and Hulkling are like, this is not superhero behavior. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and they're just having like a fun aside as this is going on. And of course, of course, you have to have the archetypical uh, walkout that Patriot does. Or he's like, good luck. I'm out of here. And it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen to the team? You know, <laughs> it's like, of course, he walks out, of course. Um, but the first issue ends with um, Iron Lad going back to the dilapidated, uh, terrible Avengers Mansion as like his base hideout. Uh, and who should be there but Jessica Jones, Tony, and Cap. And they're like, what's the deal? Uh, they have a talk. It's one of the things that I love is like, even though they're cranky old men, uh, Jessica Jones is here and like she is the smart, like better at speaking, better at rationalizing, better yeah, at she understands how to communicate are. to people. Like she's not that boomer mentality of like, listen <laughs> right, to what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> and and that's the thing that I really, really uh forgot about here and I think is an amazing job is that Heinberg uses this new character first as like the detective or the reporter angle, but then uses her as a very much a like buffer for these like old powerful dork men as to like speak to children. And I don't know how you feel, but like in my experience, I have often felt far more comfortable talking to women, especially women like in a buffer way like this. So to me reading that now and like knowing that about myself, it it really sprung out to me that I think it's really, really cool that Jessica Jones is included here in such a big way. And it's not just, you know, Tony and Cap coming down and being like, we're the Avengers, pal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get hurt. Right. <laughs> so for me, like, this really rang true to, like, some real life shit. And for me, it really came through as the Heinberg's, like, TV writing of of knowing that there's more than just, you know, men. Men in superhero comics. So it was pretty cool for me. I really, really enjoyed Jessica Jones. She's almost like a secret MVP of this 
first couple issues in a way of how yeah and in a lot of ways it speaks to just like the that that mindset of that mentality of like you've got these two headstrong guys who don't know what it's like to really talk to a kid to like engage with somebody that's not like awestruck by them or um you know just defers to them because they're old men you know they're they're all white dudes so like they should be listened to kind of thing you know so like and that's not something she's gonna do you know yeah yeah and i loved that like you know it's her just being like all right guys he's up like what's your name like like i'm the you know and like because it's just like he's just getting bombarded with questions and like you know even fucking cap it's like the the old guy that thinks he's like i'm hip he's like i I got it i'll talk to him (laughs) he'll talk to me they'll listen you know there's a panel early on where like that's like the whole panel is him just like you know like hit him alone with his with his jaw like they'll listen they'll listen yeah yeah like and it's like what dude like get get your head out of your ass like no one's gonna no one's gonna listen to you just because that you think they need to listen to you like you've got to do some work like right and that is why she is here and i feel like that you know really rings true to you know a lot of parental relationships i feel like it rings true to a lot of friend groups uh there's just tons of moments in in life where like a woman buffer or a woman speaking to a man in that way just really helps. And, and I love that she's propped up as like a very in, integral part of this story so much. Um, I mean, camp is a little nice here, um, but I do really love that whole thing. And, and again, absolutely love the artwork for cap here as well as iron lad who. I would not be able to sit down and draw the like reflective surfaces of his armor. Yeah. You really feel the shine to it. Really well, really well. I'm always impressed by that shit. Yeah. And the way that it's inked too, you know, to really call those out, like, and to highlight those lines. Yeah. The inking coloring and, and artwork here are all just backgrounds are a little blah, but I guess it's a dilapidated. I, the, the background stuff. sucked throughout the whole thing. And that to me is like a Jim Chung, like uh, again, same face, terrible at backgrounds, but you know, in a way, like doesn't matter so much throughout the story no. that they're telling here. But, but I totally no, just on this, th- there was such good dialogue here and it's just like gray block background <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shadowed gray block background. Like <laughs> how did you feel about the last page cliffhanger? Um, I mean, it sounds cool, but I have no Kang is somebody I know purely. You have no by name. Right? No, I've never read anything with okay. Kang. Well, I know okay. he popped up in that Hickman run a little bit of Avengers. Yeah, that Hickman Avengers. Sorry, I know that there's the the X Men stuff out, which I'm not reading. Um, so I don't have a ton of context for Kang. I know he's gotcha, a time traveling gotcha. dude. And but I was like, he's a bad guy, right? Like that, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I was. Oh like. man, I I should have hit you. At least no Kang, man. That's a shame. But um, for me, like, as I told you, I I read this before I read the actual comic. So, like, I knew what was coming. Um, But I think this is one of, like, you know, it it sort of gets downplayed nowadays. But I think it's one of, like, the coolest first issue series cliffhangers I've ever seen. Uh, Especially when this was a series that was really starting in the hype cycle of, like, solicitations and, like, you know getting people hyped for books before they come out um like if this came out today i would be fucking floored by this last page i would be so intrigued by what's going on the fact that so is this the first time that this 
younger version of a young version of Kang. Yes. Uh, okay. The deal. So here's the deal with Kang. You know, he's basically just like a time warlord that fucks with the Avengers. Um, but nice. throughout the history of the Marvel universe, he's had different versions of himself. So you have, you have Kang. You have maybe a different version of him, the Scarlet Centurion. Uh, you have a different version of him when he starts off to go back to Egypt and he's King or Pharaoh Rama Tut. Uh, the old, old version of Kang is Immortus, who is a foe of Kang, where they have opposing ideologies. Um, basically, there's all these types of different versions of Kang because of how much the time shenanigans have fucked stuff up. Um, but as far as all you need to know, basically, there's just different time points in Kang's life. And, and that they, they've become like characters of yes, themselves. Yes. And and that's pretty much the easiest way to understand Kang is that he is a time warlord from the future uh, who basically... No superpowers though, right? He's just got tech. He's, he's just got to tech, yeah. Tech and weapons and shit. So like he, he found an ancient uh, time machine that possibly could have been Dr. Doom's time platform. And, and throughout the years, it's like, is he a Richard's descendant? Is he Dr. Doom's descendant? And like, there's all this stuff. So like Kang is, is very much piled on of like random shit. They'll just throw into a story, but really the only context you need to know is, yeah, he's a conqueror from the future who has super sophisticated armor and all these fucking weapons and can time travel all over the place, which, you know, if you have that shit, yeah, you're going to fucking clean up, you know? Uh, but we've never seen young King. Uh, the youngest King we've ever seen, uh, is basically, uh, has been the Scarlet Centurion, which also that version of him is, is like a parallel world type. He doesn't really exist so much on the timeline of Kang. So for this, this was like the first time ever we've seen like teen or young Kang. And I think it's so cool that it starts as young Avengers and you see the cover, you see what the book is going to be like. And you're like, oh, little Thor, little Hulk, little Iron Man and and little Captain America. And you're supposed to think it's that. But at the end of the first issue, it's, oh, Iron Man is actually fucking Kang the Conqueror. It's like, oh, fuck. Like one of like the Avengers, like big three villains, Kang, one of the Marvel Universe's biggest villains. So it's it's a huge fucking thing, you know? Crazy. Obviously, it didn't hit the same for you. <laughs> I mean, it was a cool reveal. It was it was the start of realizing like, OK, these guys aren't what is who they, what yeah what they seem you know and that was and then it was like okay like and when i got to this point and i'm flipping the pages and it's just like okay well what's going to be the deal with asgardian and hulkling then like are these guys plucked from you know because i knew kang was a time traveler gotcha. that was really my only context it's like i know he's a time traveler dude he's a villain um so that when i started thinking like oh is this going to be like like a young version of Thor, like when, like, is he a young teen version of mm, Thor or something? Interesting. And, and honestly, like at the time, I remember a lot of people like going back and like looking into the shit that a lot of people were, were wondering, like, what are the connections to the rest of the Avengers, you know, which mm-hmm. we'll get into more later here. But it's interesting, like what, what you must have thought at this point. Yeah. Sure. At this point, it was kind of the like, Oh, you know, the everything's not quite what it seems like drop. And then it's so my limited understanding of the Marvel Universe. I didn't have the like, 
oh, could he be this or this villain or could he be from here? Like, you know, I don't not, none of those Kang other personalities or other versions, time ages of him um, in my mind. So it was just like, did he just like pluck people from time and like he brought a team back? Like, <laughs> it's certainly something to think about. And that's not something like I've ever even considered. That's such a cool thought of like, oh, is it a heroic king finding heroic like time members? You know, yeah, like the- this is like, you know, like some sort of point in the times you know in the time stream that like shit has to happen exactly like this right. or it gets fucked kind of deal yeah. you know he's the trunks coming back in time to like, right. oh, i need to we got to kill this guy right here right now right, like, we need to slice freeze <laughs> king king cold and yeah cold. right yeah, like we got to yeah, do yeah. it right now because if it goes tomorrow it's fucked like if it doesn't happen it's fucked so like that's where i was thinking like what kind of my mind was going um and then as we get to cover two, I start to get like Starman vibes from Asgardian because of his stick coming up. And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, man, like, is this going to be like a like a whole twist on something? Else? Like, you know, I just started going. My mind's going all over. Like, I got I don't have that context. to. Be well, no, to I love I love stuff. this. I love to hear what you were thinking of reading it fresh, like what the deal is. Like, but knowing he's a villain, I'm th- like at this point, like I'm looking at this cover of issue two. At, you know, we get that reveal. I swipe next issue and then I'm looking at this and I'm like, OK, I know Kang's a villain. Is the Patriot going to be like the Red Skull or something under there? Mm. Uh, you know, like I'm wondering, like, are we going to get all are these all villains now, you know, that are trying to, you know, have either either they're they're bad doing bad or they're bad guys that are need to do something good kind of gotcha, deal. Like, gotcha. Yeah, oh, my mind's all over the place at this point. There, for sure. No, it's you know, and with the way that like he's like, you know, Patriot's mask is full head to t- like, you know, there's not an mm-hmm. ounce of mm-hmm. you know skin exposed on him. And you're like, and my gut's like, okay, like I know Kang's a bad guy. I know he's an Avengers villain. Are we going to have like their greatest enemies from time? Like, you know, like, is it going to be Red Skull? Is it going to be Doom in one of these dudes? Like, you know, right. like, just I don't know. I, I, I didn't know where it was going. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Love hearing that from you. Um, would have been cool if they did. I mean, it's cool. We get, but like, would have been cool to see that, too. Right. Right. Let um, me write some fanfic, you know, let me, on, <laughs> let me get my DeviantArt page up and I'll draw some <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> no, but it's 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 really cool. It's an it's an incredible teaser, especially because like like I said, this was the era where the like like you always were getting solicitations here towards the end of the nineties and into what was going on here, but this is really the era of like the internet existing, you know what I mean? Um like Wizard Magazine still existed for a lot of like exclusives and new stuff, but around this time it was like, oh, these comic websites exist. Press releases are being sent to them. Things are being hyped up. Forums exist all over for different uh, comic creators, comic sites. So everybody's online and easily online talking about this stuff. So to be able to be like, oh, Young Avengers is a cool book coming out. Look at all this. You know, these are these characters that are, you know, supposedly emulating our our heroes. And, and the end of the first issue is, oh, I'm not related to you at all iron man i'm i'm fucking a teen king to conquer is just i feel like everybody thinks about the young avengers but forgets about iron land and that reveal and and that like subversion that they do in the beginning because that is underrated as fuck because i think it's just done so well um but issue two starts and we get some more kate bishop (laughs) 
And we're introduced to one of our other uh, new cast members, Cassie Lang. Do you remember Cassie Lang? Oh, from the Ant-Man stuff? From the Ant-Man stuff. That's right. Mm. You didn't remember, did you? (laughs) I didn't. I knew who she was, but I forgot that we had met her in that that series. Yeah, well after this. Yeah. Yes, we're, we're introduced to Cassie Lang at this point, who had been a supporting character as as a much, I mean, not much, but a younger girl um, in stories involving Scott Lang at this point. Um, she had basically last been seen in the Avengers run, which had Scott Lang be part of the team. Uh, but he died in Avengers Disassembled. Bendis killed him, and he was gone. So in this instance, she shows up, and it's, oh, okay, this is a character that, you know, characters who the readers have known for the past, you know, 20, 30 years. So she shows up, and it's like, oh, I'm Cassie Lang. You know, I used to be Ant-Man's daughter. I need to get, I need to visit the young Avengers and see what their deal is. Um, And I love it because she meets Kate Bishop here at the hospital and is like, you got to tell me where these guys went. And Kate's like, are you a young Avenger? And she's like, Nope, but I'm going to be. And you know, (laughs) also Kate is thinking the exact same thing. So I just love the nurse in this scene. I guess you get all hyped about Kate and Cassie getting together and all that plot movement. But I, I was talking well beforehand, well beforehand at the beginning of this, when she goes, (laughs) Who the fuck are the Young Avengers? Yeah, like, that's how the issue starts. It's the Young Avengers. Who the fuck are the Young Avengers? And it's funny, honestly, because it's like the reader as well as like everyone within universe mm-hmm. are thinking the same thing. Like, and then like it's a couple pages later, she's like, "Are they kid Avengers or mm-hmm. are they the mm-hmm. Avengers kids or something else?" And it's just like, "This is this is the lady we need more of." Like, she's good. She's real good. <laughs> Uh, the rest of the beginning of this issue is Iron Land explaining his whole deal and basically being like, you know, him being beat up in the future and Kang shows up and is like, you know, these bullies fuck you up. I'm not going to let that happen. Here's my history as Kang the Conqueror. How did you feel about this whole part? It was great for me because, um, you know, where I was. Caught you up. Yeah, caught me up a bit and I got a sense of where things were. So um, it was very helpful for me. I feel like a lot of people often look up the wiki of Kang and it's just like uh, listeners. I'm, I'm telling you, it's such a bad idea. And it's funny because even just uh, last weekend, my brother Bob texted me and was like, I'm reading the wiki for Kang the Conqueror. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, look, <laughs> reading this isn't going to help you whatsoever because like Kang, when you write down on paper, what his whole deal is, it doesn't really work. But the, little recap you get here i feel like is done really well don't you yeah so yeah if you need to figure out what kang's deal is go to young avengers volume one issue two the fifth Mm -hmm. page sixth page in you get all you need right it it tells you you know he found a time machine he went back in time he was a pharaoh he came back further into the future became a conqueror with like some kick-ass fucking guns and armor and shit and he's like yeah i'm gonna fuck with the avengers and they always beat him (laughs) Um, I love the design of him, like as the pharaoh, like in the like Egyptian garb, but with Robert the big gun, with the guns, blasting yeah, guns. Yeah. I do want to say that the guns they give Kang throughout this are fucking great. They're comical. They're <laughs> they ridiculous. are comical. They're like Men in Black guns, you know? Yeah, like, they're like full on like '90s comics, like absurd guns. Just barrels upon barrels and <laughs> pump action. And... Right. 
What are you even shooting, man? Like, <laughs> right, right. It's absurd. It's very, very funny. Uh, but yeah, you get a pretty good context of like what the deal is with Kang, and he's showing up, and and you know he's like, I'm not gonna let this bully fuck with you. You're gonna kill him. Uh, and he's like, at this point in time, Kang's still like a, a good dude, a good teen, you know. Um, so he gives him like a new set of armor and says, "Do this shit." And the armor responds to his thoughts. And all he could think about was going back in time to find the Avengers and make sure that you know Kang wouldn't get him; they would help him. Uh, so he hops back to the time period where the Avengers uh, actually don't exist. Um, and we find out his whole story is nothing's working for him. Avengers don't exist. He shows up. He ends up breaking into a Stark Industries thing and finds the uh, destroyed body of Vision, which is ripped in half during Avengers Disassemble. Um, were you confused throughout all this stuff? It's comic books, man. We're a year into this. I got to take it as is. I mean, <laughs> Vision ripped in half. Okay. Like, that's cool. Is that what you... <laughs> Is it what you thought? I, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't. I can't get hung up on like how did we get here? Like kind of things. It's just like okay, vision cut in half. He's sitting on the floor. No one picked him up. That seems a bit weird, but okay. Like we're moving on. Like sure, right, right. He opens this box. He spills out on the floor like yeah. some fucking spaghetti. Oh, he did open a box. Okay, I yeah, thought it, like no, I came he in, opens it was like, the box. Yeah, like he opens this this Stark warehouse and it's like. Oh, Vision's just fucking on the ground here. Like you couldn't even <laughs> clean him up. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, for a long time it was like, oh, they ripped the Vision in half. Why isn't he coming back? Uh, so for this series, they did a whole thing of you know, you find out that Iron Lad finds the Vision here and hooks up his armor to him. Uh, at that point, we get a cut to um, Hulkling and and Asgardian, and I love their like rapport here. I love how close they are. The dialogue is really great. Like. As I was reading this, I was just like, I really just wanted to read their scenes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're the they're the strongest. They're the most endearing of the, the characters of, on the team so far. For real. And this is the page. I, I said it with the cover, but this is the page with, where I started to think, like, is this staff what's really running the show? Got like, you. Where, yeah. where the power's yeah. coming from, the way that the lightning's drawn from it or the, you know, it's not lightning. Right, the energy. Yeah. The energy coming from it. Um and I'm like, we got a little Jack Knight going on here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, they definitely leave you like wanting as far as like figuring out what their whole deal is. Um, they end up seeing Patriot trying to stop a uh, car. Like, I don't know what's going on. There's a bad guy in a car and he's hopped out in front of the car and the guy shoots him in the chest. Um, so you start to see that Patriot has some type of like superhuman strength here. Um, they try to stop this all going on and it's basically a whole thing of them being like, don't go off on your own. Like, aren't we a team? All this type of shit. Uh, oh yeah. They're selling drugs. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, th- that's an important thing that they're selling MGH, which is mutant growth hormone, which is a thing that honestly, I think Bendis came up with where it basically just is an excuse for people to have powers. If they don't have powers uh, as a drug and, you know, it's not a terrible idea, but Bendis goes back to it constantly. <laughs> so it's frustrating when I see it show up now because it's like, oh, yeah, Deus Ex Machina. Like, it's Bendis not trying again. Uh, mutant <laughs> growth hormone, sure. MGH, yep. Everybody's got it, sure. We don't need an explanation. Uh, but in this series, uh, it's actually important. And it's actually important to um, 
a thing you absolutely wouldn't pick up on your first time reading that Patriot is saying we can't take this to the cops. So he takes it. So, you know, mm, yep. I did not. Yep. I never noticed that on the first pass through, but yep. He absolutely takes it there. So uh, they start talking and they're like, come on, we, you know, Kang's going to show up. We got to deal with this. We see uh, Cassie and Kate are trying to break into the mansion and we get a, a lot of background on their whole deal. Um, how did you feel about the back half of this where they meet the rest of the young Avengers as they try to break into the mansion? Um, I was good with it on Cassie. I just didn't still didn't get why Kate was there. Um, and like what her deal was going to be. It was interesting to get her sense of it, but like, it just seemed like, okay, like you, these guys crashed a wedding you were in and now you think you can be a superhero. Like I just was kind of like, mm-hmm. like, where are you coming from? Yeah, really? That's just it. <laughs> Which, like, is fun from a a way, but you're also right. Like, it's the same night that this happened to her. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, she leaves the hospital with Cassie, and here we are, you know? Right, right. You'd think there would at least be, like, a couple days in between of her being like, I gotta do something with my life. Right, like, damn, that was a lot. I've been thinking on it. Instead, it's like, you know, we were held hostage well maybe you know the trauma of being held hostage like that but it certainly doesn't seem that way (laughs) yeah no she doesn't seem distraught or like (laughs) like i gotta get some justice for people less fortunate or yeah she just thinks it would be cool yeah she just thinks it'd be fun yeah um but she takes along they try to break in and it's like a whole thing of her just being like yeah i'm gonna be a hero cassie says i need to go visit my dad's room here i need to figure out some shit um Patriot tries to talk down to her. She gets really pissed off, throws him. Yeah, fuck this guy. Right, fuck this guy. And our issue ends with her becoming giant. Like, uh, you know, all the Ant-Man, Giant Man's uh, (laughs) pin particle superheroes are. So she just got exposed to it, so she's got it in her? Yeah, uh, she later says that she's been stealing pin particles forever, uh, trying to become a superhero. (laughs) It just didn't work. Um, so in this instance, it's it's pretty much an emotional thing. Finally, jump starts it in her, and she becomes huge here. And we get the first instance of them constantly ripping up her clothing and sexualizing the fourteen year old on the page. <laughs> yeah, I was getting some real Gen thirteen vibes from this page. Uh, there are because yes, of course you see her pink underwear and her shirt rips and all this stuff. And she's fourteen. She's 14. Oh, yes. God. Why you got to make me feel like a... Sorry, brother. Uh, the problem is that Chung does this throughout Young Avengers. Like, into volume two, like her... her like base- Okay, here's the thing. Cassie Lang dies for a while and then comes back. And okay. even, like, her death page, like, her clothes are ripped and shit. So it's, it, it's not even like where I'm like, oh, there's underwear there, whatever. You know, sometimes... Whatever, whatever, but it happens over and over and over again with Chung. How they draw this girl, and it's at one at some point you you start sitting there and being like, "Who the fuck is this for?" You know, not a fan of it to be honest. Um, yeah, I didn't realize. Like, I was thinking late, like junior, senior in high school, teens, where I wasn't feeling as crazy right. And if I'm like a seventeen year old reading this, like, oh, a teen, yeah, in 05, five, you were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like look at this, but. Right. 16. 
Right. But now as like a 32 year old reading this, it's like, oh, yeah, yep. I remember him doing this constantly. <laughs> and it is a really weird thing for an adult to do this, like to draw this, you know? Yeah. Not, not a great look. Not a great look. But that is how the first uh, or the second issue ends here is with her going giant size. So how did you feel about that cliffhanger, Danny? It was cool. You know, it's another nice tease of like, it's happening. oh boy, where's it going? You know, like more questions, you know, we're, we're in that build up the mountain of like, we feel like we're getting answers, but we're really not. We're nope. just getting more questions. Like, <laughs> nope. Um, which is the, I think that's the hallmark of a good, good, anything, good TV show, good book, anything that's serialized like this. It's like, you need, you got to reward me for sticking around, but then also keep me hooked to come back for more. So like, right. that's a, that really speaks to that pacing that they really get how to hook you in and keep you coming back week to week or month to month. Here. Yeah. Incredible pacing by Heinberg here because like almost each issue ends with like a very cool cliffhanger that adds something, but also you've learned something. You know what I mean? Um, it's cool. Uh, issue three starts with them being like the vision's dead and Iron Land's like, nah, man, like I, I put him into my armor. Like, nah, bitch, he's right here. Zip. Like <laughs> I got a projector on my penis. Like it's right here. Right, right, like, right. It's like he's reaching right down in there. <laughs> yeah. You got to push the button right under here. Boop, yeah. Boop, like, <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, anyways, I downloaded the vision. Um, they hear what's going on outside. They hop out and it's like, oh, Cassie, like what's going on here? Um, and they try to, you know, take her in, handle what's going on. And this is where our Jess Jones, Iron Man and Cap are introduced to the rest of the team. Uh, how did you feel about this part here and all this stuff? I liked it, but it bugged me that Cap was the one to calm her down, which I guess because like she would have a more of a relationship with Cap than anybody else because of her dad being an Avenger. So I guess that made sense. But we had such that, that great interaction with Iron Lad and Jessica Jones and like these two stodgy old dudes. Um, you know, we're not re- really, really being able to relate to a teen. Yeah. And then here he's the one to calm her down. And I was like, when Jessica's right there. Like, wouldn't she be the like we've already established that like these dudes are out of fucking touch. Like, right. Yeah. So that seemed a bit silly to me. Like a bit I really do from the what we've established so you. far. Yeah. But. That it's supposed to be like, oh, this is her old connection. And it's Yeah, like, like it's a real father kind of replacement vibe. Like, you know. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Father figures, you know what I mean? Fucked up dads do a lot of, you know, those <laughs> relationships with your dad fuck with people a lot. So right, I get that. But right. No, I hmm. hear you there. Um, but we learn that uh, they are all together because they are part of the Avengers failsafe program, which is an exciting plot point that I totally forgot about. Uh, but upon rereading this, I got very excited about it. Um Iron Lad tells him that the Vision had this whole fucking thing going on called the Avengers Failsafe Program, where if anything ever happened to the Avengers, if they were destroyed or if they didn't exist anymore, the Vision was able to pinpoint the exact location of like youthful new Avengers that have some type of tie to original team members or whatnot. Um, so we get a tease here of like their names as well as like other people's names because like the actual names are here. Like there's 
three names of the actual people are in here as well as some other names that never come up again. Uh, but we're teased that there's a whole bunch of these these young Avengers. Next generation. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and it's super exciting here and really, really cool. Uh, I totally forgot about this. And this was why I feel like so many people were into the Young Avengers because each one had some type of tie that, you know, you wanted to find out how they were connected to the Avengers franchise, as well as there being more of these characters around that we'd eventually get to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a big deal at the time of like, what's their deal? How are they connected? Are we going to meet more people like this? Like, how many are we going to have? Um, and it's interesting now to see eventually really only i feel like two more maybe even one more is investigated in the series as we go uh but it's very funny because heinberg takes his sweet ass time to come back to the series and you've read it secret warriors by jonathan hickman uh remember the caterpillars program yeah totally takes this idea and runs with it you know what i mean all those teams yeah yeah so like the Avengers failsafe program is basically just these like four guys and that's that. We never get any more of it. It's never been revisited. Uh we've never ever come back to it besides like the one or two people they add into it as the book goes along. Uh which is a shame really because the young Avengers have gone through they've now gone through like a change of team and they're barely a team as as characters anymore. Um, and I wait till there's a movie or some fucking Disney plus oh, series. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get so yes, um, it's a whole it's a whole fucking thing here. But it's very interesting to me to think that like if another writer, like a main writer at Marvel, would have really fleshed this shit out, but because Heinberg wasn't able to write so much that we only ever get one or two more. People. That is mind blowing. That Marvel was like, just do this on your own time, like. It's fucking crazy. Like, no, like, all right, we're taking this shit. You don't own this stuff like we do, and we're doing something with it. Like, the craziest thing about it was that it was such a big deal, but also being like brand new characters that they really wanted to capitalize on. Like, at the same time that they were doing shit like this, there was also like a Kevin Smith Spider Man um, Black Cat series that took fucking forever ever to finish before he actually did and there's a bunch of other series that like just never actually finished but this one was such a high profile such a like big deal introducing continuity and everything like that that i agree with you i'm amazed that they went along with it for so long of being like nope he's got rights to this like it was probably in the contract that like he had to write it you know Mm mm-hmm it just blows my well, I guess this is pre Disney, pre, you know, multimedia conglomerate, you know, that they would give seed any like <laughs> right. story choices to, you know, outside of them, you know. <laughs> right, right. This is before they needed to really like farm that stuff out. Um but it was definitely like a big deal at the time. So I'm I'm always pretty amazed at, at the things they were able to do. Like I said, they tried to do random interim series in between that never really revealed things or changed their status quo so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, reading this now and seeing the Avengers failsafe program and seeing how they, like that is where they all came from. That is how they came together. And we never 
really ever go back to it besides like one time is crazy to me, even to populate potential villains for this team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not everyone that they would visit is going to be like, yeah, I would love to join your team, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have the second, the next generation of supervillains. Right. So there's so next much boom, there. The next Red Skull. Yeah. You got it all. Right. And, and they just, they don't, they don't do it. Um, we need tried and true the same shit we've gotten <laughs> for decades, Dave. That's, we don't like new. We it's, like it's regurgitated silly. old. Mm-hmm. Spit shined up. And like, I think that's a reason why I enjoyed the Young Avengers so much is because as well as being a thing I could come back into comics with, they were so new and so exciting. You know, like teens my age with exciting new ties, new characters that they were really giving a push. Um, but yeah, uh, it didn't really go much further than this. Um, but we're introduced to them. They sit down and they're like, hey, uh, Hulkling, uh, Asgardian, what's your deal? And they reveal their names of, you know, I'm Billy, I'm Teddy. Uh, we've got some weird powers and they don't know who the fuck he is. Patriot introduces himself and we get some real, you know, edge to Captain America, which is finally revealed that he is a black man under the mask and that is why he's been wearing the full mask um he's revealed to be the grandson of isaiah bradley the first captain america the black captain america um this is from a series that came out in the 2000s i believe it came out in 2000 or 2001 so fairly recent before this they did a series called um captain america um red white and black truth I believe it was called um, where it was revealed that there was a whole clandestine backstory to the super soldier program where they tried to use it experimenting on black people before it ever got to cap. You know what I mean? Like the Um, Tuskegee experiments kind of shit. Basically. Yeah. Inserting a, a type of secret history, which obviously would have happened at the time. And Isaiah Bradley was this black character that got, the same type of powers and and did some fighting and stuff like that. So they reveal that this is the grandson of that character, which is a pretty cool tie to a series that otherwise has never really been followed up on. And nowadays I believe there's actually some type of bizarre legal rights with that series and these characters. So Patriot Hmm. Elijah Bradley himself hasn't been in a comic in probably 10 years. So Really, really weird. Uh, I'll never quite understand that one, but it's a shame. But yeah, that's how we figure out what his whole deal is here. Um, He explains that when he was younger, there was a whole thing of he got hurt. He needed a blood transfusion, got it from his grandpa, and that's why he has powers. And that's what he tells old Cap. Um, Between all this... Why do we get that scene in between? The the Cassie scene? Yeah, the Cassie Tony scene where she like reveals that like her dad was murdered. <laughs> I think it's just she's explaining, you know, Iron Man's like, has this ever happened to you before? And we need an in in universe reason for her to be like, I've been stealing pin particles from my dad for years, uh, but nothing happened until now. Uh, and we get her suiting up in his old suit and all this, so we gotta have all that. Um and you know we have to have the sad old man telling the teens that it's their fault that all these bad things happened, you know? Uh, 
Well, the Avengers, they're disassembled, Dave. We have to understand that's right. that. That's right. It really is a whole disassembled thing of like, your dad died because of me, because I wasn't around. Uh, it's not a very powerful speech because... Like, no, it felt like just like it was trying to force emotion into it. And it's like, she doesn't react the way you'd think you would if I just found out my dad, everything I knew about how my dad died was a lie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't add anything. It's like, we, we touch on this and then she tears up. And then we're we're back to fucking normal. You <laughs> right. Know? The only scene you really need is her suiting up and explaining why she can do this now, you know? Um, otherwise, it, it really is just, you know, forcing emotion here. Sucks. I'm with you there. Uh, but we explain all this stuff and then some shit happens and, you know... <laughs> uh, terrible shit happens. It goes down. We get attacked by uh the growing man a former foe that has shown up in stuff before but it's really funny because that info is given by asgardian who says oh it's the growing man he fought thor the avengers thunderbolts and jessica jones is like god you really are fanboys aren't you and there's just there's some really good talking here how did you feel about this whole thing well he reminded me of you you know these guys reminded me of you <laughs> Or you'd, I can see uh, that. You know, I can see that. <laughs> oh, this guy—he was in. Uh, fought them these years, this years, those years, like in these <laughs> books. Like, it's—I feel like it's like a comment, like you know. And it's funny that the, this is written by an out, like a comics outsider, because he's almost making fun of the fucking bread and butter. Oh, he's making fun of the bread and butter, but he's also like making fun of himself because, yeah. like, it's you know he is a guy who knows like who the growing man is, you know. Mm-hmm. So like he's inserting his own voice for these characters. Um. But uh, we find out that these are the things that Kang made. And so the growing man is a Kang tool. And Kang finally has found Iron Lad. Trouble, Dan. Trouble. So they're like, okay, you know, shit's going to go down. We'll train you. So they basically, like the old people, lock them in a room. (laughs) How did you feel about the end of this issue? When they lock him up and then Kang shows up? Yeah. I thought it was great. I love that whole page of him. Like, I, each page, each last page with these cliffhangers of the full page spread of, like, you know, we had I'm Kang, like, is Iron Lad, and then um, Cassie becoming Giant Girl or whatever we're calling her. Right. Um, and then Kang with his ridiculous gung, and he's like, speak, speak of the <laughs> And the devil shall appear. It's done so well. And and honestly, like, that page of Kang is, to me, the ideal page of Kang. It's great. What kind of voice do you give villain Kang? What's he talk like in your head? Because I don't know what he's supposed to sound like. I give him, like, a very smooth, very, like, snakish voice, you know. Not too uptight, but, you know, there's a bit of a thug in there. Okay. How do you do it? I I wasn't sure. I kind of gave him like a, I, I went more like Shakespearean with it just because I figured he was like a worldly man, you know. I sort like, of feel that too, but I feel like he'd just be like real tough, real, real snake oil in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like a Jeremy Irons kind of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like him in, in uh, Die Hard 3. Got it. Locked in. Thank you. I needed a frame of reference. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. Uh, If I had to ideally cast Kang the Conqueror, uh, I believe. Which version of Kang? You you know, (laughs) come on. 
this king, just this king, not the other ones. This king would get uh, Jeremy Irons uh, as he is in Die Hard 3. I would just tell him to do that, you know? Or maybe even like an old Rickman. Yeah. Or a young Rickman, I should say, not an that, old Rickman. Rickman would be a good animated voice for Kane, you know? But yeah. I mean, you know, even throw some makeup on him. And, yeah. Put it up. Mm hmm. I think you've really got it now. That's the voice that okay. I'm, I try to put in my head for him as well. Um, but really, 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 really cool last page here. I love Fantastic. that image of him. Um, and that's how issue three ends. Issue four. Uh, honestly, all the way to the end here, there's a really good cover of Kang, and it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? Um, Kang shows up and does a whole, you know, I'm going to fuck everybody up, as the rest of the gang is like, don't worry, nothing's going wrong here. They would never pull a trick on us. And they're like, man, come on. <laughs> like, if you were Captain America and you just caught the four superpowered fanboys who trashed St. Patrick's Cathedral, what would you do? And they're like, oh, we're so dead. They're going to call our parents. <laughs> and they try to get out of there, but they can't. Um, and it's a whole thing of slightly revealing that they might have other powers here. Mm-hmm. Um basically with Asgardian and how he has some type of magic powers, which how did you feel about the, the start of explaining more to them? Um, I liked it. It was cool to like, you know, we were finally getting more. We, these were like mysteries that we had gotten in like issue one. And it's like, okay, we're like four issues into this. Like start giving me some more here, you know? Right. Right. I was happy to get, you know, more teases of there's more to go on there. And then even with Hulkling where they're like, rip the door open. And he's just like, I thought you, <laughs> thought you had super strength and then him respond like you know patriots like hey man you break this down like i thought you got super strength and then the hulkling being like i thought you had super strength like you know even him being yes you're starting to get that tease of like well okay like what is the deal with this dude then because if he's a hulk like he should be able to rip that door down like right but he he clearly cannot hear you know performance issues you know right uh but it's really cool because they they like tease that and they're like how are we gonna get the hell out of here uh and our old pal kate bishop comes in and lets them out um throughout this it's a whole like the rest of the avengers are trying to fight kang as he talks about how you know i need to become kang the conqueror dude needs to come back with me don't fight me because it's like, look around, man. Time's going to change. Reality is going to shift. I need to set this right. Not in an altruistic way, by the way. He's just, like, being shitty king that he's being. He just wants to make sure that he exists. And that he's yeah, like, and he gets the power. Like, you know, everything happens in his life the way it's supposed to. Right. He's going to suck that all back up. <laughs> uh, but that, that's his whole, like, appeal to the rest of those as the rest of reality starts changing around him and starts turning into a whole hellscape. Um, Kate raids the armory and gives him a whole bunch of stuff while putting on a whole bunch of dumb mockingbird and swordsman sword and all this stuff as they start calling her Hawkingbird, which was a terrible name that persisted for a long time for the Really? Oh gosh, I can't believe that stuck. Mm. She never really like had a name. Eventually it just became Hawkeye. But like Hawking Bird was around for. Is she related time. to Hawkeye? No, she just eventually becomes Hawkeye, like the second Hawkeye. Uh, uh, basically, she's the only one of this team that 
has no ties to the Avengers. She just shows up and is like, yeah, I'm going to be. Well, yeah, she was just at the fucking wedding. Right. So she becomes the new Hawkeye for a while. And now they're both Hawkeye. And she's she's a really great character. And bizarrely enough, she is the one of this entire team that is the biggest profile character at Marvel nowadays. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's had her own series. She's been in other series with Clint. She's been in teams like. Of all these characters, she's the one that has the most staying power, most development. Uh, Billy and Teddy are right behind her, but, you know. Interesting. So, yeah, she shows up. She frees them, and they're all like, here's some shit. Let's go handle this. Um, Reality is changing as they're in a hellscape, and Cap and Iron Man are in some, like, hellscape outfits now. (laughs) Uh, Jessica Jones has lost her baby, and she's back in her jewel outfit. and everything's going bad. And they're like, okay, we got to set this right. We'll give you the boy. <laughs> and the rest of the Young Avengers hear that. And they say, we can't let this happen. We need to get the hell out of here. So they try to escape. But, uh, you know, they pop on up. And <laughs> hilariously, the rest of the the adults are waiting with Jessica Jones holding that big fucking gun. How did you feel about that panel? She looked good. It was good. She does. It was funny. <laughs> It was funny just because you're like you, you get this real like Goonies vibe, you know, they're in these crypts and the way that they're lit with his with Iron Lad's glowing chest. And it's all, you know, like we're in like a Spielberg movie of these kids doing stand by me as right, Avengers heroes. Right. And then they pop off the hole and it's like, no, nope, like you're just fucking kids. Right. Right. Like they're they're waiting for you. <laughs> uh, and we get the whole, you know, mean adults. This is a fight you won't win. And, of course, Iron Lad going, I came to the Avengers for help, Captain. I won't make that mistake again. And you have just a whole bunch of, like, dumb shit going on where they start fighting each other slightly. Uh, Hulkling is hurt, and it's revealed that uh, he's a shapeshifter. How did you feel about this reveal here where he is no longer looking so green? Um, I was confused. This didn't stick with me very well because I was just like, well, he was... So he can just change shapes, but, like, does he have any like strength like he seemed to be like strong you know and like have so i was i was more confused with this reveal than i think it's just like muscle mass like he can just make himself a little bit stronger not so much the like super strength that's just like oh if i can shape into a a bigger person with bigger muscles then i have that person's strength correct yes gotcha and that's sort of like what his old deal is there but yes you're we're revealed that you know he's not a hulk he's he's just a regular dude that shapeshifted into that color and that say that size and all that shit um more fighting happens you know it's all pretty bad king's like i'm gonna take over your armor for iron lad and the last page cliffhanger this one is him using the armor to just blast everybody unconscious and you know it's the whole the devil tempting someone or the dracula tempting like now then shall we go to iron lad uh, nothing's going right for old Iron Lad. Mm-mm-mm. Fucking with time. You know? <laughs> Which leads us into issue five where Kang is like, look, dude, like all of time is going bad. Let's go. Um, the only one who's able to hop back into the fight is Cassie, who now can also shrink. Um, but she hops up. She pushes Kang into the time portal and her and Iron Lad end up getting a little close and they start mm. macking on each other. A little more than just close. That's right. So they start kissing and everybody starts to regroup here. Uh, this bugged me. Not going to lie to you. Uh, 
probably the weakest issue of this. So forced. Yeah. I have no reason to put these two characters together. It's like, it's literally been an hour since these two have met. It's been 24 hours since we fucking met all these people, you know, like, right. Like it's the same night. That's the thing that I, I really forgot about while reading this upon the thing. Like you said, with, with Kate, as well as them like kissing here, it's like, it's the same fucking night. I get the rest of the characters, but not these ones, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess the world's ending. Like it's literally a world's ending. You're, you. you're a teen. Yeah. You know? I get it. I don't want to die. Not having my first it. kiss, I guess, you know? Sure. And I totally get that. But yes, I agree with you that it's like, it's forced in to be like, Oh, th- th- they like each other, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And you kiss them with the robot face? Like, but, come on. Well, you know, it's it's just a super thin material, aloe around his face, you know? Those are still his lips, man. <laughs> Exotic synthetic materials. That's dude. right. It's like from the 30th a, century. It's like stretching a condom over your face, giving a kiss. <laughs> the year 3000 gives you, you know, heightened pleasure. <laughs> it's funny. Um, but yeah. 30,000. I really dislike a lot of this issue because it feels like it's just sort of, you know, treading water. It is. It does feel like filler. You're not really moving anything in any direction. Yeah, it's basically like Cap and the rest are are down for the count while the team regroups. And it's it's the real we're going to fight for Ironland. He's not going anywhere. We're going to unite as a team for the first time moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really don't feel like into it like they've been hanging out for a bit whatever this is we're supposed been to hanging out like, for an hour right we're supposed to feel like they're uniting and all this stuff and really all you get is just showing that kate is competent that kate is flirting with patriot you get more explanation of Asgardian's powers that are magic basically whatever he wants to happen he has to focus on and repeat like a mantra um and that's really all that happens here is they, they keep trying to fuck up Kang. Um, a lot of like, oh, now we've beaten his armor. Now he's just a guy with a sword. And okay, I'll go with you. But it turns out to be shape-shifting uh, Hulkling. And then the vision shows up, you know, out of the armor. And it's a whole thing about how the vision is here to help and Really, though, it's the same armor. So Kane grabs it and turns it back into his armor, you know? <laughs> like, it's just a whole bunch of scenes of that where it's like, okay, uh, all right, sure, they're fighting, this is happening, whatever. Um, and Yeah, and honestly, it felt weird because it's like, okay, Kang, Kang I, I, he was a villain I had heard of having never read anything about. So it's like, okay, this is a dude who has some clout and these fucking guys are giving him the business. Like, really give him the business like they've right. disabled him he's stranded here like he's he's done and then they they open the door for him to come back in but like you know what i mean like it just felt like why are they so good that they right. can go toe to toe with kang the yeah conqueror? and i really do I think it's now. it's supposed to be like the iron land disabling his armor as well as the like the armor vision comes out you know mm-hmm. um so it's but like the vision reveal is really stupid um, and it's all just like, okay, whatever. Because like you said, Kang does gain 
the upper hand again at the end because he just takes the armor back into himself. Yeah, he just like know? pushes the like some buttons on the neck and it's right. like, oh, it's my armor again. Like <laughs> what? Which to me, honestly, that rings more true to me than like, yeah, this dude knows what he's dealing with versus like the team being able to fuck his shit up, you know? Yeah. So like for that, me, it that, gets to that point. It's like, oh, yeah. good. We're back to where we should be, you know? Right. Yeah. Kate having picking up a bow for what I would imagine is the first time based on what I know about her. And she threads the needle and hits the one spot on she that armor. She remarks she's yeah. always using the bow, Dan. <laughs> but how would she know that on Kang's armor, what's the point to hit with the bow, the arrow? You know? Yeah, I I really do think this issue is the worst of the whole bit. And real I think downer, fluff. It's unnecessary. Fluff. It's fluff because we already got to the point of them starting a fight and Kang and Iron Lad like stopping it. We didn't need the I get that when you're introduced to a team you want to show the team together fighting, but you could have just extended what happened last issue or ended last issue with like a all right team assemble, you know, and that could have been the cliffhanger ending of that one. Um instead we just get all this fluff and even you know Cap joins the fight again and the cliffhanger of this one is that Iron Land, without his armor, takes the sword and stabs Kane. Uh, guts him. Or guts him. him. Really, really guts him. And that is our... our the stunning, weakest of the cliffhangers, too. Stunning, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, that's weird. Um, but yes, he does. He kills Kane, and he's all like, sweet, and everything's cool. And <laughs> time warps around them, and all of the Avengers are dead. All of them. And it's all like, shit, man, like everything's fucked up. If the Avengers aren't alive, then we're not going to be alive. Like nothing is going right. Um, Before finally Patriot in probably his best showing summons the strength to be like, look, dude, like we love you, but you gotta go. Everything's falling apart around us. We can't deal with this shit, you know? Um, And all of them start basically just disappearing from reality um as guardian tries to do some magic to tell iron lad to go back they all start fighting it's a real angsty terrible thing as they all start disappearing but poor iron lad starts crying and says well we gotta go how did you feel about this issue basically um it was it was it's that uncomfortable conversation that you knew had to happen like as you're reading this and it's like okay this is a time travel story it's like how are you going to get around this like he needs to go back and set this right and do something in the future to you know be able to then come back and be you know kind of separated from the time stream like his other selves are you know right like um so it was kind of inevitable um the whole back to the future disappearing photograph thing in real life um with them all kind of fading <laughs> right before their eyes yeah. um was cool uh you know i mean i thought it was neat it was cool to see hulkling hulk out when i didn't put him together that when billy disappeared that's when he freaks out yeah didn't, that didn't click as to what was happening there but it makes more sense now in context right of, yeah how then he gets like he becomes like like a hulk here yeah he he definitely hulks out because you know the boy he likes just disappeared yeah. so he freaks out um but yeah they're, it, they're they do some good stuff with that like some emotional stuff and i'm glad it doesn't go too long before iron lad like starts crying and is yeah, like, and so sorry like, like yeah. shit man i gotta go uh 
but he leaves behind the armor to turn into the vision and it's like okay handle this shit for me but stay here like help my friends um which is a cool little thing they do of basically getting rid of iron lad but replacing him with like vision jr um it's a pretty good thing like we said before the romance between iron lad and cassie doesn't really ring true here doesn't really uh, hit for me as they kiss again. They're like, promise we'll meet each other again. It's like, you just met each other tonight. You're just yeah. like, making out at a bar. It doesn't matter. Well, they're like 14 year olds, you know? That's true. That's true. That's true. But yes, he was, do... was going to get his throat slit by future Grant Morrison. That's... So, you know, <laughs> she was, you know, doing her own thing. So it, it, young love. Right. Um, but yes, he goes back. Um, shit. Shit fixes itself, which is pretty nice. Everybody comes back. You got to love that about a time travel story when it's just like everything can go back to normal in the span of a panel. That's right. That's all I need. I don't need it to go further. (laughs) It's good. It's like wrap this up. Like we don't need to see it. We don't need any elongated. Well, especially with our hellscape, we're waiting. Yeah. Like we're still waiting for things to get fixed because he hasn't said it right yet. Nope. He goes, he leaves and it's all back to normal. Right. Immediately is back to normal. Cap and the rest of them show up and they end up sitting down and having a talk and, and they're like, you're never doing this again. Like we'll shut you down for good if you keep doing this. And they're like, come on, we can do this. And they're like, no, unless we talk to your parents and get their consent, you're not doing this. We're not going to train you. Nothing's going to happen. And you know, it's the old stupid old adults taking their gear, taking their costumes and weapons. Uh, it's a real sad ending. Uh, but I do love that. Um, Heinberg gives Cap that one line of we're doing the right thing, aren't we? And they're all real sad. <laughs> but Vision's with them. It's so weird that Vision's now with the old people. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's like a whole thing of like, oh, Vision's rebooting. Like, we're there. will figure out what to do with Vision. But eventually Vision does join that team. So, you know, you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> comics. Is cool. Right, like, comics, comics. But I do love that, like, they leave. They have, like, a talk of, like, we'll never be a team again. And then they immediately flash to several weeks later of them hanging out and being like, let's be a team. And I love it because it's Kate and Cassie, mostly Kate. Being like, let's let's get together. Who cares? Let's be a team again. Um, how did you feel about this whole like ending wrap up sequence of them? It was fun. It felt like that, like you know, end of the movie kind of like sizzle reel of like <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet, right? Like, you know? Right. We got a new crew, a new hangout, a new fad. <laughs> like it's going off. New duds. Here we go, baby. Well, and, and See you next time. And you're right because the like last two pages of showing them in shadow as they suit up, you know, just mm-hmm. talking to each other. Um, oh, we can't skip over the absolutely horrible joke uh, Heinberg does, where they're like, "Billy, you need a new code name," um, and they're like, "You're not an Asgardian; you're a warlock. Plus, you need a name that won't become a national joke when the press finds out about you and Teddy." And it's like, oh, ass guardian. Like, we're really going to make a joke about uh, ass I didn't put that together. Yeah. I, just fucking grown worthy shit. Um, but he changes his code name to Wiccan. But that's kid shit. You know, kids make 
Awful sure, joke, sure, you know? but it's just so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's not it's even not a great. good joke. Like you don't. No, even... I, I just breezed over it. I didn't even register like what it was even. Right, like you have to like about. think about it till you find out later, and then fucking groan your ass off about it. And it's like, man, like Heinberg is writing this as a gay man. Like if you're gonna make a joke like that, at least make it good, you know. Um, but it's dumb. Hey, they all can't be home runs. But they know? can't. Uh, but he gets his new name of Wicked, which, you know, I'm not a big fan of that one either. And that hasn't really st- stood around. Uh, but it's funny. It's funny seeing them come together. It's funny seeing Kate, you know, give them new costumes and a lair because she's got all this money. And the final page is them in their new costumes ready to blast out and be a team again, you know? And yeah, the, like, the whole them getting dressed in shadow is probably the corniest part of this for me. Yeah. <laughs> It really is like I was saying, like I was trying to say earlier, it is a very cinematic, like almost commercial or intro to a TV show, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a movie we've seen this in, like definitely like, seen like it Spy in Kids something. shit or something, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> very, very funny. But I think they're 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 duds at the end are, are much better than their initial costumes. They are absolutely better than the initial costumes. Like the initial ones are so bad because they're like kids playing dress up. Right. Right. Exactly. Perfect way to put it. And in this, they're finally given, you know, marketable new cool costumes. Yeah. Right. Right. And like, especially, you know, Patriot has a nice cool costume. Kate has the first one. He's like, not wearing a weird hangman's hood. Right. Right. Yeah. It's all really cool. Uh, and I hate was, Kate's glasses. These shits. Kate's glasses are terrible. They're horrendous. This came out in 05, you said, right? Yeah. These were out of style 10 years earlier, you know? like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much of their costumes here are very much like of that era. And they almost immediately, like all of them changed their costumes. <laughs> like Kate for, for real change. Like Kate's is the worst. Like. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, why does she have like a again, she's a fourteen year old girl. Why on earth is she in a you know, um It's a bizarre like, like an exposed stomach. Like why is she in like I can't think of the name of like what that style of like a crop like top. A crop top, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like why is she like that? And then like the way that it's I mean, I know they're trying to get everybody in, it's a cool splash page, but like I don't understand how Cassie could be standing behind them all as a huge person. as a giant. <laughs> the perspective here, I was a little bit like she's giant, but she's... Billy is so small next to her. But like he seems small even to the people in the foreground. I was. Like, yeah, it's like they're all diving out of here and you're supposed yeah, like to they're think stumbling out of there. They're there's... falling out of this door. More space needs to be added and they all don't need to be doing the same foot thing in the background. Yeah. Because they're all doing like this little leap with like the same. And yeah, no one's thing. touching the ground. Nobody is touching right, the ground. Right. That's what I mean. Like it's so awkward. They're all fucking wily coyote in us right now. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But minimal, minor quibble. Right. You know, right. Right. Things. Otherwise, I think it's a really fun wrap up and. It's a good coda. I don't think we needed that number five, but I think this was a really good wrap up yes that that part like i was saying really takes me out of it because otherwise i was i was really shocked to see how well this held up from what i remembered in my mind um and how much i really enjoyed 
reading it again. You know, there's definitely mm-hmm. things you can get on and some stuff hasn't aged so well in just a less exciting way, you know? Yeah. Um, not so much in a craft or like that was of an era, more just like a, hmm, just not as great. Yeah. It's just because like you've seen similar, like the teen teams have been done a lot sure. lately. It seems, Yeah, you know, in, in whether it's comics or in cartoons or whatever it is, like, um, just had a lot of it. So like, that was where I was coming from at the start of this all where it's like, this was good, but like, it didn't feel like it blew my mind because it felt like, Oh, I've, this is a story I've kind of felt like I've read before. In sure. Some ways, sure. Know? Different dressing, different characters, different motivations, but a lot of the same underpinnings, but it was a very enjoyable read. This was, a, it was a lot of fun. Um, that's just kind of disappointing that these guys don't carry on very much. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I ended up following them so hard, like through the years. Like, there's more issues of this volume, and then they have a second volume way later. Um, but for a good like two years, three years, I mean, even Heinberg and Chung took forever to do the stuff that they did, like both art and writing. It just took forever. It was like a whole thing of them just, you know, wanting to be the team that did it and it sucked because it it just held them back for so long um i love what we got and the team eventually turns into like a whole different team when it comes to volume three um so this was all a volume one and then seven through 12 is volume two no they do like seven through 12 to finish off volume one and then years later they do a volume two um, I don't think volume two is on Marvel Unlimited here as I'm scrolling. It's, or I'm sure it's buried under some goofy ass fucking name. It's called, I believe, uh, Young Avengers The Children's Crusade, was what it was called. Uh, and I believe it was targeted as like a, a maxi series rather than a volume, an ongoing mm. volume. It's Avengers colon The Children's Crusade hyphen Young Avengers. That's uh. it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it really sucks and, and the team only lasted that long and then they all went their disparate ways and then there was a different version of the team later um, and they kind of just fell apart and honestly I don't want to see them back together because they've all in a way been better on other teams than they have been as, as what they were. Um, but it sucks because I really still love them. I think they're one of like the coolest teen teams that Marvel has had. Marvel has really tried to strike this lightning again, especially with the champions, with Miles and Kamala and the young Nova. And I think the champions sure. suck. And I think this like generation of characters suck. And it bums me out because I feel like the young Avengers should be the like main team that's doing this shit. Um, but they're constantly rumored to be in the MCU. So who knows what the hell they'll do with these characters as they're going. Um, Teddy and Billy have been doing a lot of stuff lately, which has been nice. Kate always gets stuff to do. So that's good. Um, who knows? Who knows what will happen to the young Avengers? You know? Yeah. Has Iron Lad, that version of Kang popped up anywhere? I think I feel like he popped up in that Hickman run. I do believe that that Iron Lad is in that story that Hickman does. Yes. As one of the versions of Kang there. Um, He does also um, show up in the children's crusade, if I remember correctly. So 
But that's it. He's not like a larger character. No, no. Yeah. The vision sticks around. Kid vision sticks around for a while until it, it's realized that like this version of Young Avengers is done. And then they just bring vision back. <laughs> just like, oh, you vision. Now you ain't kid vision. Basically. Yes. Like basically like, oh, vision was in a box. We fixed him. He's back. Like <laughs> other visions gone. <laughs> we pushed his throat buttons. He's cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly exactly it's stupid but yeah a, a really really fun read i was glad it it held up i feel like you could still hand this to people today and be like check this out it's pretty fun um, yeah this feels like something that like in this modern time when everybody knows avengers and that's the that is the ultimate team in comics for a lot right, of people right. something like this could be very digestible it's surprising that they haven't pushed this more or even now that we're in this new phase of movies that there isn't something more concrete with these guys. Yeah. It's, I do think that they're going to lead to this. Like, I, I mean, obviously they've even started hinting at some stuff. So why, where, well, I mean, you, me. you want me to spoil stuff for you? You spoil everything for me. What the fuck's the difference? <laughs> you spoil all comics history. I'm not going to read it all. So what's the deal? Uh, Wiccan is guardian is, uh, Billy, uh, and if you've been watching WandaVision, you should know that one of her boys is. Oh, so, uh, whoa, Wiccan. Ah, there you go. The magic, magic shit, you know, magic man. (laughs) So, yes, Billy is the reincarnated soul of one of Vision and Wanda's children. Mm, be interesting how they weave that in. They do, and eventually we'll get to that together. But that is the deal um, as oh, well. So as they really are planting the seeds already for this. They are, and and I, there's constantly been a rumor that Young Avengers is like in the pipeline, and they've they've even said like, I think their version of Young Avengers is going to be different. Like it's going to be a mix of the champions now as I'm well sure. as yeah. the Young Avengers. So like it's going to be like a Miles and that um. Kamala, yeah, they're and, too popular to not. And they're they're doing an Ironheart series of Riri Williams, which is the young uh, black woman that becomes like the new Iron Woman or whatever. Yeah, so she'll she's getting a show. So I think it's going to be like a whole thing of them banding together as the Young Avengers. Yeah, maybe that'll be like the the DC or the Disney Plus kind of team up show. I could see that. I could easily you know, like defenders, oh, and, you know, all of the Netflix ones did defenders and right. Yeah. And, and Kate is going to be in Hawkeye. Like the only reason to watch that fucking Hawkeye show is because Kate's going to be a main character. There's a Hawkeye show happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't go up with this shit anymore, man. There was a time in my life where it was like, I was reading every, you know, I was right. I was on right. variety and Hollywood reporter reading fucking about bullshit. You know, and like, like even what'll like happen? Stuff. Yeah, what'll happen? I'm reading about fucking cell phone iOSs and or OSs and shit and screens <laughs> over Android and what that stuff is. And now I just feel so out of the goddamn loop with stuff. I mean, I'm with you, and and I feel like a lot of this type of stuff with like these announcements and everything that there's so much of this content now that the excitement is barely there. Oh my God. I lost the star Wars. One is what did me in recently when they did yeah, their star Wars yeah. presser. And it was like, okay, you, you just announced 10 fucking shows. It's like, they're going to come out over the next 15 years. Probably. Like, right. Like some of these sound cool. Some of them don't. A yeah, lot of like, them are like, why, why are we doing that? I can't keep track of this. Like, right. I don't know what, 
Just just put it out. Just give it to me now. Like right. <laughs> don't tell me about something fifteen years before it's gonna fucking happen. Ten years before it's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's a shame, but yes, that Hawkeye, uh, that Hawkeye one is going to be coming out soon. It's been filming, and Kate is the main character, so oh. that'll be exciting. Well, I wonder, maybe Patriot will pop up in uh, the. I doubt it because I still believe that the legal problems are still going on there. So, well, maybe uh, Falcon's going to have a baby, and uh, <laughs> that's where he's going to come from. You know? I don't know or maybe he's already are. got a baby. <laughs> he's already got a baby. Him and uh, Bucky. Maybe, maybe. Probably not. But probably not. <laughs> you know who that dude reminded me of? You ever watch Heroes? Uh, There's that one guy, you know, in Heroes. I can't. It's been a long time. Name. There's a. I can't think of the dude's name. The actor. Let me look it up here. But the, that character, like this guy, he's too old to play him now. Um. Oh fuck! I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> You want one of the hero actors too? The one of the hero actors, I believe. Now, I but I don't know. I'm anxious that it's the right show. You don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about, man. I'm I'm lost. It could be lost for all I know. (laughs) Oh god, it's pissing me off, and I'm not gonna find it fast enough. My little chubby fingers aren't gonna work. I can't think of any other show he's been on. He's like a character actor, but he reminded me so much of the Patriot. He'd be like the right guy for him. Mm. Or maybe it's Smallville. I'm thinking of it, but it's probably small. is Smallville. I doubt that we will ever see uh, Patriot like ever again with whatever's going on with his legal shit. I bet Marvel just does not care. Probably. I mean, if there's if they can't keep the money, all the money for it, why would they? You know, right. So, you know. Yeah, I can't think of the actor. I'm not going to get it here. Sorry. So, where are we going to rank this bad boy? Um, this one, I, th- I think I ranked it pretty high in my book. I thought it was uh, it was an enjoyable story. Um, there were some moments of the art where were a little funky for me, but there were some really interesting and fun pages that are going to stick with me, namely the Kang coming in with the gun um, panel and then, I mean the the whole cap being you know held tenderly by Iron Man. I mean that's <laughs> the price of admission for that right there. I'm done. You you, you I I'm good. <laughs> You're all set. I'm all set. It's worth it. Um uh, so I have this one as a 43. Oh wow. Okay. You went high with this sign. I thought it was a good story. I thought That's it was good. Exciting. That's exciting. I, I, I had fun with it. You know, it was one of those ones where it's like I enjoyed flip like every page. I was just I just kept reading it. Like I read this probably the first time I read it. We probably was in forty five minutes. I got through all six issues. I was just having fun with it. Oh damn, it's nice. Yeah, like we said, I really feel like you know you have a ton of fun with this one, and even the qualms we have are, are honestly, you know, they're quibbles in some ways, and it's problems of american comics you know it's like gotta keep that going gotta get the team together gotta do this it's like you don't you could have just had him talk and ended it um so i gave this one actually uh lower than you at wow. 41 oh not that crazy no i gave it a 41 because i felt like i would have given this a like 39 based on just that issue that we really didn't like 
but then I thought about like how much I really loved it. And so, yeah, I, I bumped it up a little. <laughs> yeah. I felt like as a, as a whole and like in totality, it was, it was fun. I was guessing I was engaged in the mystery of these characters and figuring out who they were and getting the little tidbits on them. Um, you know, and there are some problems with it, but what book doesn't, what piece doesn't have, you know, things you could, you know, quibble about. So, yeah, definitely. So you gave it a 42, 43, 43. So 43 plus 41, 80, 84. So let's see what that ties with. Hey, Danny. Where is it slotting in? Okay, on so it ties with G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 26 through 27, the origin snake of Snake Eyes. One snake that, eyes. if you'll remember, we quite like. Very good. Larry Hama, right? Larry Hama. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. You man. are getting it. <laughs> so I what? was watching something on uh, some stupid Disney Plus documentary. Something about Marvel Comics and he popped up in there. there and I was like, I know that one. G.I. <laughs> Joe. G.I. Joe. <laughs> I felt like the Leo the The Leo uh, meme. The Leo meme. meme. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sipping my white Lambrusco over here. My three dollar <laughs> jug of Lambrusco. Uh, that's really funny. <laughs> so it ties with that one clean? It's just the two? It ties with just that one. So we have to figure out where you'd like to put it, above or below. I think uh, I don't know. That Snake Eye story was a lot of fun. It was. It was good. It was good. It was good, and it was cool. And which is better? Which is better? It's a hard one. I feel like I'd put this underneath. I think I'd put GI Joe first. Okay. Okay. Do you feel strongly the other way? I don't feel strongly. I feel like this is a really good spot for it among these type of stories where it's it's good, but it's not the upper echelon. And yeah. that's really how I feel about this. Which I, was I mean, come on. Two issues of Snake Eyes. Doesn't He's not blind yet, but we never see his eyes. You know, like he doesn't get the burns, but we still never see his eyes. Come on. <laughs> the wolf man in the mountains. <laughs> Getting in that chopper, you know. But they... No, this is a really good spot for it goes into list at 40, which is, you know, that's a great spot with an 84 where it's it's good, but it's not top of the top. Yeah, this is not top tier. This is right below, really right below. You know, it, this is good tier, not good great tier. tier. Right, right. So, yeah, it's tough when you're slotting these in now. I feel like we got to start like bucketing, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. So yeah, but it's good. As always, uh, check out the list at comfortfoodcomics.com. Always go to that site because you know, check it out. It's good shit every day. Uh, you can find our social media on Twitter at CFC site. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Shevlin. Uh, Danny, where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at uh, the underscore Danny Mo. Uh, there's Comfort Food Comics on Instagram as well for the podcast. Um, you said the website too, right? That's right. Comfortfoodcomics.com. Hot, hot content there. Whew. I don't want to call it daily. content because it's not, daily. it doesn't even, it's so much better than content. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it transcends Good shit. the Good term, shit. you know, That's it's, right. it's critiques. That's right. That's right. Thought provoking. 
good shit all around, not just future you know, Eisner winning uh, work happening. I'd like there. that. I'd like that. I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially future. I don't want to get you. Your head's getting too big over there. That's right. That's right. Keep, keep hot keep stuff. Big. Yes. I'm glad to be along for the ride with you, Davey. I mm. always got to have you here, you know. And them coattails. Right that's right. That's right. Well, that is our Young Avengers uh, 1 through 6 show. Thanks for listening, everyone.